Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. why are you giggling because today we're talking about concrete national park Mm -hmm. and it's giving you a little bit of the giggles it's giving me a little bit of the giggles why well our day at concrete national park was um not like any other day i have ever spent in a national park right was unexpected Mm -hmm. you know i don't want to speak ill of any of our beautiful national parks Mm -hmm. but congaree was the first time i went really yeah like this is okay Mm -hmm. we have a national park here Mm -hmm. this is precious space and i get it but really yeah yeah it was definitely like a little bit of an eye opener before us, I think, um, as far as parks go, just because I think we were so used to Western parks and the vast we were. kind of incredible and landscape. also mountainous parks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this was none of those things. It was none of those things. Right. This was none of those things. Mm-hmm. We went to Congaree National Park on a trip that also included Shenandoah National Park in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And also the Great Smoky Mountains, the right. first time we went there. Right, right, right. On a larger road trip, which took us back to Asheville, too, for yes, our second trip. For our second trip. Yeah. I'm looking for adventure, wanna follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky, don't wake the sun There's so much to be done, and the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real, you can feel You can open your eyes, and open your heart when you gaze at the National Parks At the National Parks At the National Parks Follow you, I'll follow you there 
Congaree National Park. It was established as a national monument on October 18, 1976, and then it became a national park on November 10, 2003. So it is a relatively new national park, and she's a Scorpio. Oh, yeah. So she feels all of the feelings. Yeah. And with the amount of water that it was inside of Congaree, well, I mean, it wasn't like a ton of water, but there was definitely water about. Congaree is known for bird watching. Mm-hmm. It is also apparently really good for spider watching, canoeing. <laughs> yeah. Let's just get to the root of this. Mm-hmm. We cannot talk about Congaree National Park without talking about spiders. Mm-hmm. Girl. I have never seen so many spiders in my life. It was like arachnophobia. I really did feel like we were living inside that movie. Holy goodness. And I'm sure that actually that maybe seasonally it's not so bad or maybe it's different. Maybe not. I don't know. We were there in the summer. So maybe it was like high time for spiders to be, you know, snacking on things. Thanks. I can't imagine that those spiders aren't there all year long. I mean, maybe they are, but I guess it just depends on how cold it gets there. Scientist. You know? I guess a spider it scientist. Yeah, a spider scientist. An arachnologist. Yes, exactly. An arachnologist <laughs> is what I just said. Words that don't even go together. If you are someone who is afraid of spiders, Congaree mm. National Park is not Probably your journey, not girl. You. We saw spiders in like the triple digits. Yeah, hundreds of spiders, mm-hmm. and not tiny little spiders. I mean, spiders as big as a hand. Yeah, definitely. I am personally not too afraid of spiders because I do find them to be moderately like majestic, Mm -hmm. interesting, fascinating sort of creatures that are like crafted in a very interesting way. But I don't love being in the same space with giant spiders. Yeah. The size of my face. Yes. Yeah. I love and that they the jumped thing from is, half of the size of your face, face, which is the size of your hands, to the size of your my face. hand and my face are very much my the hands. Same. They are my own, and they're not yours. I feel like we should write some jewel poetry mm-hmm. about spiders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> More on spiders later. So, Congaree National Park looks like a swamp. But it is actually what you call an old-growth bottomland hardwood forest. And I know that sounds just like a gay Saturday night, but... um, (laughs) 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 What that means, so old-growth is another word for, like, a virgin forest. Mm -hmm. Like, an untouched, like, area forest. A bottomland hardwood forest, this is a type of tree growth that is found in, like, lowland floodplains near large rivers and lakes. Okay. They occasionally get flooded, but they can, like, survive all of that, and they create the specific kind of bio. Which is why it kind of has the feel of a swamp. It is. That's why it has the feel of a swamp. Okay. Let's talk about what brought us to Conquery. Okay. We were in Shenandoah, and we'd hiked all day, and then we had stayed at a Motel Six, mm-hmm. which was not terrible. No, not it was a terrible experience. Very it was very a enjoyable, lovely experience, and wonderful, right? And it served its purpose. It was a sleeping position for us. <laughs> we knew that we were like literally getting up and driving all the way from Shenandoah to Congaree the next day. Mm-hmm. So we got up at you know early, like six or something, and it was like a. I don't know. I think it could have been earlier than that because I feel like the drive was lengthy. It was the six and a half hour drive or something something like that that we had to do. But we were like, let's just do it. We'll probably be able to like 
hike most of Congaree in a day. Right. Because we had done some like forward planning and we right. had done the research and it, well, first of all, we were excited because we were like, it's flat. We knew like, that it was we flat. We knew that it was Everything flat. Everything that we saw and we were like, like flat We forest. had hiked some really like major elevation gains when we were in Shenandoah that were like major steep elevation made gains. me want to die. But and yes. then we also were planning on hiking the Smokies. So we knew we were going to have some elevation gain there as well. So we were like, oh, this will be lovely. It'll be a flat, easy sort of day for us. And Congaree is the newer park, right. lesser known park. It'll be fun to explore something right. that's sort of new. Yeah. We get in the car and we drive the six and a half hours right to Congaree. Yeah. Congaree is in the middle of South Carolina. It's not that far from uh, Columbia. Columbia. It's yeah. not that it's far like from a half Columbia. half hour maybe, if that. Right. Because we visited friends in Columbia later. Right. Right. This is what I remember about arriving in Congaree National Park is that to me, it reminded me very much of like the backwoods bayou of Mississippi, mm. which is the area near where I grew up. Right. Oh, there's like nothing spectacular or fancy about any of this area around here. Mm-hmm. Our previous experience with national parks though this was also not true of Shenandoah either, but there's always some like adorable artsy town Mm -hmm. nearby. I mean, Bryce didn't have that either, but like a lot of times there's some sort of community around the national park that gets business from national park visitors. This was not the case with Congaree. Right. I remember driving in and being kind of, I think we got turned around a little bit, even with the GPS. Like, cause I feel like you were basically in very wide open sort of country. Um, there were houses before we reached the park, but they were on very large parcels of land close to the road, but like the big parcels and of land. And all the land was very swampy. It was swampy. It was flat. And then I feel like we turned off of this road and like were driving through trees for a little bit and then ended up at the visitor center. Like it was all seemed very abrupt to me, like getting to that yes. space. Yes. Um, and I mean, you were just like uh, out on like, a, I'm going to call it a major back road, mm-hmm. like driving from one place. And then it's like, here's the pull off for Congaree. Yeah. And then you just, and suddenly you're in this national right, park. Right. Which I felt like was also very, very different as far as totally just how we've approached most parks at this point. Mm -hmm. We pull in and we park. And I remember, well, I remember pulling up and having to use the restroom really badly. What a surprise. What a surprise, Mm -hmm. right? So there was a lot of like running out of the car and going to the restroom. We ended up at the Harry Hampton Visitor Center. That was the one we went to. We walk into the visitor center and I mean, it was like a well-stocked visitor center. I would say there was a small museum, small museum based on all of the stuff. Um, There was one park ranger that was working in there. But what I remember was that they were taking full advantage of their geographic location. For the great American eclipse. For the great American eclipse that Uh was coming up. Yeah. They were really pushing that. They were very hard. They had Mm t-shirts, they had hats, they had posters. They had signed, they had so many things. Well, because they were right in the path of total um, eclipse, and there were a lot of like funny like t-shirts and things yeah. for that. Like I remember in totality the, or bust, I think is what it was. That something would, yeah, like that. I think yeah. So. In the visitor center, there was a kid who um, had his kid's national parks passport, mm-hmm. like child park ranger program. Mm-hmm. He got his stamp at Congaree. Like it was, he was excited to add that stamp yeah. to his who to his passport book. We spoke with the 
park ranger. We were like, okay, so what kind of hiking trails are there? And he was like, basically, there are two kinds of trails here in Congaree. There is the boardwalk trail. Yeah. And there is the dirt trails. And that's that. Mm-hmm. He, and he hands us the map and he's like, this right here is this circular boardwalk, boardwalk trail. Yeah. Everything else is a dirt trail. Which branches off from the boardwalk. So you, would, you exactly. exit the boardwalk, then you can kind of catch any of those trails that are there. And he said that all of the trails were clearly marked. And there were essentially six trails on this trail map. Mm-hmm. The main trail, which is the boardwalk trail. Then you have the Weston Lake Loop Trail, the Oak Ridge Trail, the River Trail, and the King Snake Trail. We immediately ruled out the King Snake Trail because we were like, that dumps you off at another parking lot that is like miles down the road from yeah, it's like an where we're mile parked. Hike. So we were like, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. No, the King Snake Trail is a 3.7 mile hike. Okay. But we were looking and because we are ridiculously ambitious, feeling good at this moment, we were like, let's do the river trail, which is like this long loop, which would essentially be around like five to six miles out, out and then back and then back. So 10, 10.4, I think is right. Yeah. Something around there. Um, and it and like, then went we out from the board. Add, yeah. Like part of the Oak Ridge trail, which right. would have added like three miles. So we would have been doing like 10 in total. Yeah. It went, that trail I remember went out from the boardwalk, the trail, we, the river trail. And then it like kind of creates like a loop at the end. And right. then you have to come back to that like long jut out part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To get back. So, we make our plan and we bought our patches and then we set off onto the trails of Congaree National Park. Right. And with that, let's take a break. We're talking a lot about spiders this episode yeah. because there were so many in Congaree. Mm-hmm. The game I want to play with you today is what creepy crawly bug would be the inspiration for your superhero? So a la Spider-Man here. Yeah. Um, I feel like I would be a lunar moth. Ooh, why? I'm really, really fascinated with the moon and astrology and everything that comes along with that. And I love that idea of transformation that a moth or a butterfly has. And I feel like my whole life is just transforming. That idea of like constantly changing and this like state change from one thing to the next is really fascinating to me. I just feel like that is something that speaks deeply to my soul. A lunar moth is the thing that like I could definitely identify with very easily. So what superpowers does the lunar moth give you? I have some psychic ability because the moon is often associated in astrology with like Psychic ability, deep emotional understanding. I feel like I'd be empathic. I feel like I might be a little bit more of a passive superhero, like a little bit of Professor X, maybe. Some Um, Jean Grey. Some some Jean Grey, a little uh, telepathic ability as well. I feel like that would be the mainstay of the Lunar Moth. Great. And what creepy crawly are you most identifying with for your superpowers? The walking stick bug. (laughs) I have always been fascinated by these creatures because they blend right in. And so obviously the superpower I would have is camouflage. Yeah. And it would allow me to just blend into literally any surrounding. Miss camouflage. Miss camouflage. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I love these animals i've only ever seen them at like zoos or things like that yeah. and they're always like take a look in this tank 
see the walking stick bug and you can never see it. Right. Because you can't, you cannot, camouflage. perfectly camouflage. Right. The only time I've ever really been able to see one is like when a zookeeper has right. one on their hand that you can see. I think it would give me the power of camouflage. It sort of gets my essence because it blends in in order to do its work, but it's still like majestic and interesting. So... That is my answer to that. The walking stick the bug. The walking stick bug and the lunar moth. And the lunar moth. Here to save the day. On our way out of the visitor center at Congaree National Park, we saw this on the wall. Oh, so we were leaving. Actually, we saw it on the way in, but we were leaving the visitor center and we got a better look at it. It was a mosquito meter, kind of like a wall clock to denote how bad the mosquitoes were at the time we were in the park. They had a bunch of stuff on the wall clock, including a number one, which was all clear, all the way up through severe, which was a number four, and finally a number six, which was considered to be a war zone. Um, when we were there, we were just above a number two, so we were at miles, but actually don't remember really I feeling don't any sort of any issue. Mosquitoes. And we didn't have Maxi Deet with us, no, I don't think. We didn't have We Maxi just had Deet. like our tick spray, maybe, that I had gotten. Maxi Deet didn't join the party until Acadia yeah. because yeah. it was black fly season right. in Acadia. So right. I said, I was like, no, I'm getting the full deed bug spray. Right. And her name was Maxie. Deed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, we didn't have that with us. I guess we had regular bug spray. I think we might have just had some like deep woods, like um, regular whatever, stuff. regular stuff. Yeah. And we had put that on after sunscreen. Mm. And then we headed out on the trails. Right. Here's the thing. No one at the visitor center told us about spiders. Mm-mm. There weren't signs that said anything about spiders. No. No one said Jack about spiders. I think we should just stab Caesar <laughs> is basically what you just did. It is Gretchen. exactly what I did. Yeah. <laughs> so we head out onto the boardwalk trail. It's a lovely little boardwalk trail. You're walking along it. It's great. It's like elevated. It. I mean, it's technically all elevated. It's, there's a higher part of the elevated. Right. It's called like the elevated boardwalk trail and the lower boardwalk trail. Lower boardwalk trail is like really close to the grass. Mm-hmm. Right. Or close to the ground, really. The ground, it's it's not really grass. Yeah. We're on the elevated part first. Yeah. And we're making our way through. And we were both like, oh, this is so lovely and picturesque. Yeah. And then suddenly, just next to the boardwalk trail oh, yeah. is a spider web. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, I am a six foot three individual. And if I made my body look like the shape of an X, it was that big. Right this there. This is hyperbole. At the center mm-hmm. of it as large as my hand or my face, Mm -hmm. was a yellow and black spider, which is also known as the yellow garden spider. Misnomer. (laughs) (laughs) What? That it is a garden spider. Oh, misnomer. Oh, yeah. Like a total, like, I feel like that's a misnomer, like a misname. Also, misnomer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. Misnomer. Misnomer. It is called the yellow garden spider because female spiders of its variety are often found in gardens. Wow. So the males are much larger than I'm assuming. Well, hilarious. Apparently this breed of spider, Mm -hmm. they breed twice a year. Okay. The males make tiny little webs, but the females make enormous, beautiful webs. Terrifying webs. When the males are ready to mate, like, they build this tiny web Mm -hmm. near a female's web. Mm -hmm. And the way they, like, make her know that 
he's around is that he goes and like takes a little piece off of her web. Oh. And then she's like, uh, what the hell man? And then that's <laughs> how she knows he's there. And then literally after they made, he dies and then she eats them. That sounds about right. The yellow garden spider looks absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like it's enormous if a yellow garden spider is near me, I didn't know this until I was near so many of them, I am paralyzed. Right. They are not poisonous. If one of them bites you, it will hurt sort of like a bee sting, but you'll be okay. They say like, you know, just like a bee sting, people who are elderly or very young should be careful. Mm-hmm. But we didn't just see one yellow garden spider. No, no, no. We no, saw no, no. hundreds of yellow garden spiders. Yeah, it was basically along every portion of the path that we were on, there were tons of them um, to the, each side with like tons of them. gigantic webs, like enormous like webs, torso sized webs for your torsos. And the thing was they were literally like lining yeah. at times, like making walls along the path. Right. And sometimes if they could manage, they made them horizontally above your head. Right. I saw at least 10 of them like that mm-hmm. when we were there. Yeah. As we were doing this, I was like, oh, well, I mean, I guess this is a swamp-like environment. Yeah. I would imagine that there are a lot of spiders around here. I'm just going to, you know, stay on the path because I had noticed like, okay, there aren't any spider webs here on this path. Yeah. I'm going to be fine as long as I stay here on this path. Yeah. We're making our way through. It's just spider web after spider web after spider web all along the way. And then we finally get to like the part where we're going to like venture off onto our dirt path. So we take the turn and we head off onto the dirt path. They had mentioned at the visitor center that these paths were well marked. Mm-hmm. Or clearly marked. Clearly marked. For the most part, that was the truth. Yes, clearly marked. Clearly but- marked. Not clear. This concerned me a little bit. And I actually called Congaree National Park about a month and a half ago. And I talked to a volunteer park ranger. This is before the government shut down. And I just asked them, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, the trails seem to be clearly marked. But the underbrush on all of the trails yeah. were like was really high. And when we were hiking them, I felt a little bit like, are there snakes? Right. Gonna, you know, like, not that I'm going to yeah. walk. The thing well, is, I mean, like, we were, you're taking that risk right. going out into yeah. that nature. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Totally. And I'm not trying to say like, oh, I walked into a natu- national park and I saw a snake. Well, yeah, I good. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that's yeah. that snake's environment. And I'm a visitor to that environment. Yeah. But what I was curious about is what's the intention behind the trails? Yeah. Is the intention to be a loosely well-kept trail you're going to be with animals you're going to be with and that's the deal or is the intention to always try and keep it as clear as possible because a lot of desire paths started to form out in those yeah trails because like a tree would fall it wouldn't be cleared so people would walk around it and a new trail would form and i feel like some of those trees we had a kind of hurdle through some underbrush or some of the branches that were maybe upturned because the tree had fallen there were definitely you're right like a, a number at least i remember two or three trees that were pretty large where the whole thing had tipped and you were standing and looking at the root ball and then like walking around that. And clearly that wasn't the path. Like you were walking over where the root ball would have been in the earth. At some point that path had changed because of that tree fall, but it wasn't really a maintained portion of the path. I think this was a real big shock to our system because every trail we had been on at that point 
was very well maintained and that things were moved or, you know, adjusted where they needed to be for the safety of not only the park, but the safety of the visitors that were there. And when I called and I asked about this, it basically came down to like one... Congaree is a large park. They have, I would say, like a considerably smaller staff than, say, like a Zion National Park yeah. or even a Shenandoah yeah. that is like super large. But Congaree is still large. But the thing is, none of those paths, you can't get to them driving. No. You can only walk to them. It is technically speaking a little bit harder to maintain those trails than, say, in other parks where you can like drive a truck up bring some equipment and go for it. I see what you're saying, but I also feel like that's not the case. I mean, think about Mount Cameron. No one's driving a truck up Mount Cameron. You know, maybe you're going up but on horseback. But the thing is, Mount Cameron's also elevated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like you have some sort of like natural gravity working mm-hmm. for you in that way. But yeah. like, and these were all flat and they're marshy. Ecosystem is different. Mm-hmm. And marshy, marshy, marshy. <laughs> <laughs> we had gotten off the lower boardwalk trail And we had walked about half a mile on the Weston Lake Loop Trail. Mm -hmm. Then we crossed this little bridge and we continued on the Oak Ridge Trail. Then we walked about 0.7 miles on the Oak Ridge Trail. Mm -hmm. And then we finally got to the point where we were going to turn onto the River Trail. Let me just talk about where I was personally (laughs) at this moment. Terror. No, it wasn't terror. We had spent the majority of the two hours that we had been out there or been at Congaree at Mm -hmm. all, including our trip to the visitor center, like walking through identical looking landscape. Yeah. Like we had, it was basically just like marshy woods the whole time filled with spiders. Yeah. All over the place. And underbrush. And underbrush. Now, mind you, when you get off of the boardwalk trail and you go into that area where the trails are clearly marked but less maintained, when suddenly you have to invent a path, you're inventing a path through the areas where spiders have created enormous webs. Right. Which was their space. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Technically speaking, we shouldn't be creating those trails where those spiders have those no. webs because that's not It's our, their habitat. It's their habitat. Right. And again... We are visitors in these places. Yeah. It is called a visitor center for a reason. Yeah. We need to leave it better than we found it because it's not our home. Right. We are literally visiting. Leave no trace. So we get to this point and I was like, okay, so um, <laughs> this is where we turn to, you know, go on the river trail. And um, right. So like, is that still a thing? that you're thinking about and you were like yeah no like yeah let's do it yeah it's like okay great so i think for me personally i was coming from a space of i still wanted to really hike like i was excited to be out in nature despite the terrifying conditions at some points but i was still very much so interested in trying to do as much as we could at congaree i think this was also the first time where i really felt like you don't have to like compare yourself to anyone not that I was 
really doing that. But like, there's no reason to kind of push yourself beyond what you know you're not capable of or what you know you're not interested in. So I was releasing myself from really having that feeling of we needed to go totally gung ho. And I feel like the trails that Dusty just described, I was like, when we were planning and looking at the trail map, I was like, well, we can do all these trails. Like, look at this trail and that trail and that trail. And we can jump onto this and link up with that. And I think I was trying to optimize our time and get the most out of the park. And, and that was before we hit the non-boardwalk trails. Right, right, exactly. Right, right. You got to go back to just staying flexible because we, as we know, and now we're very good about maintaining these, we go to a national park with some amount of expectation. Right. But you have to be willing to renegotiate those yeah. all the times at all times yeah. or just go in with none. Yeah. That's Sometimes what we that's do better. now. Yeah. And like you go in with none and then like everything's a beautiful right. surprise. And there's no reveal. FOMO. I had literally zero expectation going into Conquery. Right. Which is why at this moment in time, you're feeling like, oh yeah, let's do this river trail. Right. And I'm like, I really want to be at a Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> that's what right. I want in my right. life at this moment. Yeah. But you were like, no, let's do it. Now, mind you, when you and I were walking through, I was like, uh, no, you're walking ahead. Because one, that is usually how this works. And two... You're my human um, shield. <laughs> literally. Because yeah. I'm not dealing with walking into... If I walk yeah. into a spider's web, <laughs> right. I am turning around and this is the end of the day for me. Yeah, Literally, if I hit a spider's web, I am done for right, the day. Right, right, right. No negotiation. Yeah. And you were like, no, okay, I understand. Like, I'll go ahead of you. So we're making our way down the river trail. And <laughs> we are going to have to walk at least 1.2 miles before we hit a fork. So we're walking. We're seeing the same thing we've been seeing the entire time. And at this point, we're in mostly underbrush. I think it was... Mostly underbrush. The trail and the underbrush kind of, was even higher here. Yeah, the trail had kind of like almost disappeared as far as like seeing a clearly marked path. It was really just blazes that we saw here and there. And, and the things path like that. was, it was blazes, which are painted squares on the trees. And as long as you were walking next to those painted squares, you were on the path. Right. And those were there the whole time, the whole way. Right. It was very easy to and follow And if it's those. like an out and back trail, like the one we were on, typically, the blaze is painted on both sides of the tree. So that way it alerts you as you're coming back exactly where you need to go. Exactly. Going back. Right. So we're walking through the river trail. We've not yet made it to the fork, which is going to take us on like a five mile loop. Mm -hmm. And you walk slap into a spider web. Right. And with that, let's take our next break. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, it's time for Drag Queen Corner. Dusty, who's coming to the stage for us today? It's Miss Hoda Garden. Miss Hoda Garden. Inspired by our story of the Yellow Garden Spider, mm -hmm. we decided to bring to life today Miss Hoda Garden. Miss Hoda Garden. Tell me all about Miss Hoda Garden. What's her deal? What what's what's she all about? Okay. So Hoda Garden is an intersection of two things. Green horticulture, 
but mm-hmm. also like a Scandinavian opera singer character. Oh. Like with the long braids and with the Viking bra mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. with this, yeah, that yeah. sort of like steel skirt. Flight of the Valkyries. Very kind much of, okay. an intersection of those okay, things. Okay, that's like, an interesting intersection. Like I feel like she definitely lip syncs in German. Okay. And, Scandinavian opera, but her reveals that she does in her act involve plants. Okay. If she has a wig reveal, then suddenly like it's a flower that blooms. Mm. Like she removes a wig and it's the pot and a flower comes out. Okay. All of her makeup is plant-based, good for the environment, biodegradable. And so I think she's very green when it comes to like her makeup choices. I think she's probably innovative in that like all of her costumes are made from found materials too. So I think she's deeply green, but it's green in a way that you have to like look deeper into what she's doing to understand how green she is. Okay. So it's a real deep dive. She's a real deep dive Greenpeace kind of gal. Yeah, that sounds right. What's her song that she sings or she lip syncs to? All the leaves are, all the leaves are brown and the sky is gray. Mamas and the papas. And the sky is gray. California Dreamin' by the Mamas and the Papas. Mm, yeah. Oh, what a good choice. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like she has some Mama Cass vibes. Like, uh-huh. she's like tried and true hippie. Yeah. Environmental. I feel like her gigs are always like for environmental charity benefits. That's when she appears. And with that, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, welcome to the stage, Miss Hoda, Hoda Garden. Garden. So, what did you feel for me while you saw me run headlong into that spider's okay, web? This is what I saw. I'm 10, 15 feet behind you. You are walking and then you suddenly stop and you bend forward a little bit and you're like, ah, oh, no, no. And then you start this like mumble screaming. And I was like, what? What is happening? What is going on? You were like, um, I, uh, I was like, you walked into a spider's web, didn't you? And you were like, yeah. Uh, and you're like trying to pull the web yeah. off of you. And at that moment, I literally went, okay, we are officially done today. We are not doing this anymore. And you were like, but, but, and I was like, Michael, look at me. Do you want to spend the next four hours hiking through the same thing that we've already hiked through for three hours? Right. And walk into more spider webs? Because let me tell you something, I definitely don't. Yeah. And I am now- You put your foot down real hard. I put it down hard and I went, it's time for us to leave now because there's a Ruby Tuesdays waiting us. <laughs> and when I said that, those were the magic words they for were. you. You literally were like, yeah, we could go to Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah. Because really, we were hungry at that point because we were like, we really want the Ruby Tuesday salad bar. I'm going to use your trigger words here. <laughs> and I am going to say the thing I know you want to hear, which is Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah. So um, what was your experience walking into that spider web? Well, I don't think I knew what was going on. I, I think I was very aware for most of the trail what was happening. I believe I had a ball cap on. So I think that was the first thing that hit. And then I kind of hit the rest of it with my body. It was definitely a little bit of pure terror. I don't think there was a spider in the web at the time because that would have really freaked I me out. I definitely like yelled like, is the spider on you? Is the spider on right. you? And you were like, I don't think so. Right. I don't think. I mean, we right. were definitely yeah. like two queens 
Indians in the forest yeah. in this moment. I definitely have to say I felt the most like kind of icky on this hike just because everything else that we because hiked. Because of your filthy soul. Because of my filthy soul. My angels with filthier souls, which is a, a callback to an earlier episode. Everything that we did experienced at that point with hiking, even when we had just been in Shenandoah, even though that was kind of foresty, everything was clear enough that we weren't like having our ankles and shins really engulfed in underbrush. There weren't spider webs like there were everywhere. Literally everywhere. And I really just felt like as soon as you were like, listen, we're going to really literally see the same exact thing for the next four hours and internalizing that. And I that, have to say like, Mike, there's no like waterfall. Right. There's no like thing there's we're no hiking arch, out There's to no see. pinnacle point. Yeah. There's no pinnacle point. It's literally just this for another six hours. Yeah. Is that what you want to do right now? Right. Because I'm not doing that. Right. And I've I, seen it. Yeah. And I fully, you know, internalized that and then, then obviously agreed because it was at that point that we were like, okay, zip, 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 turn around. Goodbye. Um, goodbye. Goodbye. And so on our way, we didn't even make it to the fork of that, um, the river trail. No. Like we made it maybe half a mile onto that river trail. Right. Then we turned around. We got back to the Oak Ridge Trail. Mm-hmm. We went exactly the same way back on the Oak Ridge Trail. And then we made our way to the Weston Lake Loop Trail. And we could have gone back the half mile on the Weston Lake Loop Trail, but we didn't. We actually turned right and we hiked 2.3 miles to the other side of the Weston Lake Loop Trail, which brought us to the other side of the Boardwalk Trail. Right. And then we got on the boardwalk trail there. Right. And that whole stretch really did feel like we were in an area that could have very easily been flooded and probably does flood very often. It was muddy. There was little vegetation. There were some points where we were crossing over water that was kind of stagnant and it just felt more swampy, even though it's not a swamp. One of the nice things about it was it was wide and it was open and it was not underbrushy, and there were no spiders around. There were no people. The only other people we ever saw were on the boardwalk trail. And it wasn't a lot of them either. No. I think we might have run into one other person when we got back on the Western Lake Loop Trail Mm -hmm. who asked us about that direction. Yeah. We didn't really see many other people. No. We did, once we got back to the boardwalk, we walked onto the boardwalk, which was a lower boardwalk. We weren't on that upper section. Right, but um, we made it to the upper section. We did, yeah, but we sat on a bench for a little while and we kind of, you know, Ate we some snacked a little bit. We like, you know, decompressed from trauma and then really just kind of talked about next moves. And I think we probably kind of planned a little bit of our, our future trip we that did. was happening. There was no cell signal out there. No, no. Usual, typical in parks like that. But as soon as we got back to the parking lot, there was. And that was when we looked up the Ruby Tuesdays and that there was one really close. We're also trying to find one as close as possible to the hotel, I think, too. So we were definitely like being strategic there because our strategic planning for the day had kind of gone awry. We're like, we're going to be strategic and win with something. And that something is going to be Ruby Tuesdays. We're like, all right, Congaree. It's been real, girl. It has been. And now we're going to Ruby Tuesday. (laughs) It's time for Jeopardy. Beautiful. I would like... Quite possibly my favorite part about Congaree National Park. (laughs) 
I would like to start with my Jeopardy today. Beautiful. I would love to receive your Jeopardy. Are you ready? It brings me joy, so I will keep it. Great. This Jeopardy today is inspired by the spiders of Congaree National oh, Park. If so, this is just like the mountains of national parks in America, I'm going to smack you. No, it is not. This is called Spiders in Mythology. Great. Okay, are you ready for the $100 clue? I am. This heroine of Greek mythology thought herself to be the best weaver in the world, but this didn't jibe well with Athena, who destroyed all of her beautiful weaving work. When the heroine attempted to hang herself, Athena transformed the rope into a cobweb and this woman into a spider. Who is Arachne? Correct. 200. While also found in Jamaican and Caribbean legend, this continent's spider mythology centers on the character Anatsi, a trickster god also associated with creation. What is Africa? Correct. African mythology. 300. In this East Asian country's folk culture, spiders are thought to be omens of good luck. They are thought to bring happiness in the morning and wealth in the evening. Is it China? That is correct. Beautiful. Well done. 400. In this mythology of pagan origin, but now more associated with the islands of Western Europe, spiders are most associated with the goddess Arian Rod, whose name is derived from the silver wheel upon which she carried the dead back to her heavenly northern land called Corona Borealis. I don't know. What is Celtic? Celtic. Okay, great. Yeah. Celtic is a pagan derivative. Right. right. And the pagans sort of like sat down in Ireland for a little while. And then in Irish history, because which is mostly just oppression from Great Britain, mm-hmm. when they were like, no, we're going to like celebrate ourselves. They were like, what do we have that Britain doesn't have? It was these pagans called Celts came by and sat here for a little while and they never went to Britain. So we're going to claim this for ourselves. Irish nationalism. There you go. Okay. The $500 clue. Okay. Are you ready? I am. My body is. In this Tennessee native people's spider mythology, grandmother spider brought light to the world by being the only animal who could steal light from the sun by placing it in a clay bowl and rolling it across her web in the sky bringing light to the entire earth who are the cherokee correct there we go there we go another interesting fact about mythology and animals in the story of ursa major there is this woman named callisto Mm -hmm. right yeah whose son is named arcus this is important to remember arcus arcus the story goes that zeus had an affair with callisto she was apparently beautiful hera saw this hera got upset about this so she turned callisto into a bear and then Arcus was out. He was a great hunter and he was hunting one night and he shot his arrow toward the bear that was his mother. Mm -hmm. Zeus saw this, turned the arrow around, transformed the powers of the arrow and it shot Arcus and transformed him into a bear. Mm -hmm. He took the both of them and tossed them up into the sky and they became Ursa Major and Ursa Minor. Arcus is Latin for bear which is where we get the word Arctic from. Wow. Which is why the Arctic Circle means it has bears, and Antarctica means no bears. Very interesting. 
Thank you for that mythology slash Anytime. I um, found that out root this word week. language lesson. I was fascinated by that. That is very fascinating. And now it is time for your And now it's time Jeopardy. for your Jeopardy. And this Jeopardy, the category is triple homophone. A homophone, as we know, is a word that is sounding the same as another word, but is spelt differently. So I'm going to be asking you to create a triple homophone based off of the clues that I give you. I'm Does ready. that make sense? My body is ready. Here's our $100 clue. The way you would describe this star of arrival and sharp objects, wandering, purposeless shots in a game of darts or anything with a target for that matter. Amy aimless aiming. That's correct. Yes. Or Amy's aimless aim. Beautiful. Great. I'll take Great. that. Great. Great. Triple homophone for 200. The way you would describe this hunter, star of films like Raising Arizona, The Piano, and The Voice of Mrs. Incredible, if she fully committed to a pious life. Holly Holy? Holly's Holy Holy. Okay, explain that one. I didn't get it. So Holly... You, I, I, I heard the it's thing. It's sort of, of like a homophone. It's sort of not. Okay. So holy is holy, holy, yeah, pious, completely holy, completely holy. If she fully committed, is holy. To uh, a pious life. I forgot the fully committed part. Mm-hmm. Okay, great, great. I'll listen better. Okay. Triple homophone for 300. Got it. How you may describe the pet of this boy wizard attending Hogwarts if instead of an owl, he had a furry, fuzzy, woolly cousin of a rabbit as a companion. Harry's hairy hair. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I love this category. Okay. Triple homophone for 400. Okay. The description you would give to the flat plain decorative border this daemon would utilize around his born identity poster framed for his rec room. Matt's Matt Matt. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) But that second Matt was spelled M-A-T-T-E. That's correct. Okay, great. For plain and flat and triple homophone for 500. Great. What you would call this Lindsay's photo, he posted to a social networking site of this, his favorite mix between a Ritz cracker and some honey. Okay, so it's Lindsey Graham. Is it like Graham's Graham Graham? Yes, that's correct. I'll I mean, that, that is what I would say. Right, so Graham's, Lindsey Graham. Yeah. Graham, Graham cracker. Yeah. Graham, Instagram. Ah, yes. There you go. That was like deep cut good. Well oh, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, triple done. homophone. Triple it's a, homophone. It's a fun category. This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Follow us on Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. You can also email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. The theme song and original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman with Mariella Klinger. All original artwork featured on Instagram is by Michael Ryan. 
If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. We always appreciate it. We would also like to acknowledge that while hiking in Congaree National Park, that we were on the traditional lands of the Congaree people. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> one <clears throat> bottle of wine, folks. Just one. Woo. No, no. This is like number two. <laughs> <laughs>